Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matthew Salerno here with my co-host, Thurm Bratton. Thank you so much for tuning in to show two with us. If you liked last week's show, please go ahead and subscribe here on Anchor before you forget. Mr. Bratton, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Just had a nice dinner with the boys. Uh, so, last week's challenge was to try to, like the UT Austin commencement speaker mentioned, doing something at the beginning of the day to sort of, you know, start your day off strong. Um, I guess maybe you could say trailblaze or something, spearhead the day. Um, that's the right use of the word, I don't really know. Anyway, so Matt and I both decided to do something. And so for me, I usually when I wake up in the mornings, I will check my phone before getting out of bed. I'll go through my emails and my texts and any other, anything else that's on my mind. Uh, but the past week, I have not been checking my phone immediately when I wake up. And another thing that I do instead of sitting in bed and with my, with or without my phone, you know, just kind of sitting there thinking, oh, I'd rather go back to sleep. I want to get up. As I get up, I've been getting up right out of bed. And sort of how your friend you told me a couple of days ago, or last week rather, uh, if he doesn't wake up to his alarm, he's like, he's one and out for the day. And so I've been sort of doing the same thing mentally this past week. How about you? Uh, that's awesome what you did, by the way. Thank you. Um, for me, um, instead of creating a habit at the beginning of the day, um, I thought of what I thought would be a better habit during the day. Um, and what I really tried to focus on was not looking at the clock um, during meetings and classes and mm-hmm. throughout the day. Um, because whenever I get bored and start staring at the clock, uh, obviously that's not productive. Um, so every time, every time I'm tempted to look at the clock, I would tell myself, all right, I'm going to focus for five minutes, uh, and we'll, we'll see where I'm at after that five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I find is that five minutes would turn to 10 or 15 of being focused, um, and I would end up not looking at the clock during classes or meetings. Um, and eventually when I did... Uh, there would be five minutes left, and I'd, I'd be pleasantly surprised. That's fantastic. It's actually yeah. funny you say that because today in my uh, last class, you know, it's at three thirty to four twenty. So on Fridays, it's not very ideal. But um, I was checking my phone like every three minutes. You know, I like math, but I was really bored today. And it slows the time down. Yeah, and so it was like four o'clock. We still had twenty minutes left. I put my <laughs> phone in my backpack, and then I I checked it, but you know, it was like four eighteen. I was like, oh, two minutes left. I made it. Let's go. Um, but yeah, no, I really like that. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you shared that. For sure. So this week's topic is self-talk. And self-talk is literally just talking to yourself throughout the day. And it can be positive or negative. Usually people try to implement positive self-talk but work on that in their lives. However, we will touch on both. Uh, and we are going to start the show with negative self-talk. And one of the biggest things with negative self-talk is this idea called rumination. And it's when you replay events in your life or thoughts that you deem either upsetting or they're cringeworthy. And you just keep thinking about them. And they can be a good way to solve your problem. but Or maybe think of how you could have solved it differently. So you can you know change it next time or do it better and avoid the cringeworthiness or upsetting feelings that it brings on you. Uh, but other than that, it typically is bad because you know it can snowball into something much worse. 
And so, is there an example of your in your life where you did this, Matt, or have done this? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one example that occurs for me a lot is uh, whenever I'm practicing, if I drop a pass, mm. um, I usually, you know, get in my head about it and uh, start to, I guess, worry about it more than I should and keep thinking about it, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's like that, that mental exercise where if you say to someone, don't think of the color red, and you <laughs> ask them what they're thinking about. We're thinking of the color red. Of course, it's only natural. Yeah, so, you know, I, I try to tell myself not to think about what just happened if it's not great, but that's, that's definitely one I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we can all, we all have, deal with it at some point or another in our lives. Um, maybe like after a bad breakup or mm-hmm. you, you know, athletes practice um, or on tests in school. Definitely somewhere that that occurs for most of us. Some other, uh, I guess, terms associated with negative self-talk would be personalizing or blaming. And so just like they sound, it's when you blame yourself for something that wasn't your fault or you had no control of or you personalize things. So like if somebody cuts you off in traffic, instead of them, instead of just realizing that like, oh, hey, like, they aren't a great driver or maybe they did that on an accident, they didn't see me, uh, you think that it was like a personal attack on you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and then another, t- two more, catastrophizing. So you think that one small thing that in the grand scheme of things, your whole life, it's not a big deal. But in that moment, it is just the end of your world, you know, the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's one called, there's something else called filtering. And this is where you magnify negative aspects of a situation and you filter out the positive ones. And so I think one of the big ones as a student that I deal with, and I would assume that you probably have this happen sometimes too, is, uh, you know, when we don't do so hard on a test. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess maybe in college, it's probably a bigger deal than it is in high school because basically our grades are just all exams in college. But uh, when you focus, you know, you get that bad grade back and you think that, oh no, like I'm gonna fail school, I'm never gonna graduate, never get a degree. When in reality, you know, failing one exam, everybody fails anything at some point or another. Uh, I failed my first marketing exam last semester. It was actually really tough. I thought it was gonna be super easy. So I didn't prepare as hard as I should've. But instead of sitting around all day and night catastrophizing and thinking that, oh my gosh, like, I'm never gonna, never gonna get a degree, I'm never gonna get a job. Um, I had to tell myself, okay, well, this didn't go as planned, but you can't just sit around and do nothing about it, you know, you gotta move on, and next time, it has to be better. You, you know, learn from your mistakes, make it iteratively better, you don't wanna just fixate on those negative thoughts all the time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's actually funny you bring that up, because uh, your roommate, Mark, actually, uh, this <laughs> something very much like this within the first couple of weeks of me meeting him, and uh, I think it would be great to share a story. All right, let's hear it. Story time. So, uh, on the first day of class, we had an econ class together, mm-hmm. and um, the teacher was going over like these are where all your grades come from. We have exams, we have you know homework, and we have problem sets. Okay. And the problem sets were always the day before a test. Okay. And or the class before a test, and you had to turn them in on paper 
and you had to be on time for class. Uh, if you were a minute late, you wouldn't accept it. Um, like no questions asked. So usually we walked to class together, but this morning I had a, the morning we had to turn in our problem set. I had a, a practice or something in the morning. Um, so I wasn't there, you know, to wake little Mark up out of bed. Of course. <laughs> so I got to class and Mark's already found I'm texting him and uh, I was going to call him, but I figured maybe I should just leave him be whatever he's doing. And he ran to class like 30 minutes late, was freaking out, um, and she, she did not end up accepting his problem set. Oh no. And he was texting me throughout the day. Uh, I'm gonna have to drop this class now. Uh, I'll never be able to get an A, like blah blah blah. And so I kind of had to talk him off the ledge a little. Um, I believe he still ended up getting an A in that class. Hey, let's um, just show you. Yeah, that's just an example of uh, <laughs> sometimes when things seem like they're a catastrophe, it's really not a big deal. I actually remember coming back to the room after classes that day, and he was just like, dude, like you wouldn't believe what happened. And I was like, Okay, like what happened? Like it can't be that big. School just started, mm-hmm. and then he told me, and like I thought, like oh, like I mean, you'll make up for it. No yeah. big deal. You, you have a whole semester. Yeah, yeah, but you know, when it's you in that position, it's a lot harder to just you know have clarity of mind. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, usually, when you're the one um, who's dealing with it, it's it's hard to think clearly when people looking from the outside in think you're being ridiculous. Yeah, it's just. You yeah. are. Anybody can give advice. Easier yeah. said than done. I would, yeah, I'd it's kind of like how it's easy to tell when you know your friends are crushing on each other, but when you have a crush on someone, it's like you never know if they like you or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're the one in the in the moment, it's usually it's hard to hard to think clearly. Yeah, and so one thing with negative self talk, or really self talk in general, I would say um, this is probably more geared towards positive self talk, but it's not just about what you say, but it's how you say. And so there was a study that I was reading on this. I don't wanna you know, get into the details too much, boggled down with the science-y stuff. You know, that's not what they're here for, hopefully, because we are not very science-y people. I guess you might be aerospace, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so with this, it's the study was talking about don't refer to yourself in the first person, talk in the third person or use your first name. And this was an interesting concept, uh, and it gave an to me, and it gave an example of, I guess, when LeBron James was going from Cleveland to Miami, right? Um, he's flip flop all over the places. Yeah, you I never know. know where yeah, he's yeah. who knows where he is nowadays? Um, but when he was going from Cleveland to Miami, I guess he was in an interview, and you know, pretty basic interview question was, "So why are you doing this?" And his answer was something like. You know, I guess I do his best for LeBron James. Um, yeah, I want to set LeBron up for the best future. Or something along those lines. I don't remember. I don't really care about basketball. But when I when I read that, I was kind of taken aback. So I was like, I've never heard of somebody doing this. Um, especially, like, you know, an athlete, like, you know, superstar celebrity like him. Um, usually, the, from what I've seen in the interviews, it's always like, I, I, I. Um, but anyway... And it was the study was talking about when you the good thing to or the good reason like the reason to do this is 
it gives you a fly on the wall perspective, sort of that outside looking in that you were saying, and it uh, allows people to sort of step away from them, from their negative thoughts, and it's uh, self-distancing, a type of that that allows you to, I guess, enhance self-regulation. So that was, uh, that was just, that's one way you could possibly, you know, um, I guess, talk positively to yourself uh, when you're trying to figure something out or, you know, overcome a problem or talk yourself up even. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, you know, when you first mentioned that to me, I thought, uh, I tried to think of how I speak to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think on a day-to-day basis, uh, when I'm thinking about like things I need to do or like tasks, uh, I think, okay, I need to do this. And then, you know, at two o'clock, I need to go here. Um, but when I'm angry at myself mm-hmm. or like in a good mood, I usually say like, oh, you're so stupid or, you know, like, oh, you're pretty good at this. Um, so it's very interesting that you mentioned that because, um, I'm sure a lot of other people probably flip flop back and forth. Yeah. And that's definitely something to, uh, to think about. I'm in the same boat as you too. I, 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 I follow that same pattern. I think I'm going to. I might try uh, talking to myself or in the third person this week. See how that see how that goes. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds sounds kind of strange, but we'll, it give does it, sound we'll, we'll give it a shot and see what happens. Uh, and so, for people who either their self talk is too negative, or they just want to, you know, figure out some ways to talk more positively to themselves. Uh, there are share a few tactics with you all. So one of them is instead of talking negatively to yourself, replace that negative self-talk with positive self-talk. And this is really just a strategy for breaking any bad habit. Uh, you know, replace the bad habit with a good one. Uh, and so that's the first one. Uh, this goes back to last week's episode where we talked about self-limiting statements um, instead of you know saying I can never lose weight uh, make them questions so how can I lose weight or what's the best strategy to implement this goal of mine or something like that um, that's another topic or sorry another idea um, another one that Matt and I talked about a few days ago that we really like is being more grateful and this is sort of, what do you, what do you think about this? Um, I think it's personally something that I've tried and it's really helped me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess turn around the, uh, I guess turn my days around. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, it can really, it can make you go from having 10 bad days in a row to 10 good days in a row. Yes. Um, for me, uh, my first semester and part of this, um, part of the first part of the second semester, I noticed I was uh, usually pretty stressed out or grumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but part of that is just from being bogged down with work, and that's sometimes unavoidable. But, uh, you know, I don't even know what it was that made me click. Uh, but something just clicked, like, I'm at, like, my dream school. I'm doing all the things that I ever wanted to do. Um, you know, my family loves me, like all these people love me. Um, I have a roof over my head. Um, 
food to eat. Yeah, so, you know, no matter how bad my day is, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm living someone else's dream. Um, and, you know, that helped me because I started to look at all the little things um, mm-hmm. when I would get grumpy. Yes. Uh, like, I would look out the window and, you know, see the dome and be like, you know, I, I, had, I blew that last test, but... You know, I'm still here. Um, when the sun comes out here in South Bend. Yeah, the, the few times the sun <laughs> decides to, to show up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps. Um, I think that's a great strategy people yeah. should try. One th- I remember when my, when my hard drive crashed on my, on my mm-hmm. computer and I lost all my data. It was, dude, in the, in the moment, I was you know, kind of catastrophizing. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I have like three papers due next week and a coding assignment the week after that. Like I was trying to get all these done, but now I lost all my progress and then I took a step back. Um, didn't talk about something in third person, but I, uh, I just sort of thought, thought to myself like, you know, like at least I have a computer that I can use that will be working in a couple of days. And, you know, at least like I'm able to have this problem. Like it's such a first world problem. Mm-hmm. Like people, in developing countries all around the world, you know, they don't have access to clean water, they don't have food, you know, they, they have to, like a 14 year old or however, teenagers have to take care of their little younger siblings because their parents either died from local conflict or from disease and, mm-hmm. and rea- like in the grand scheme of things, man, we have, our lives are so great here and yeah. first world problems, you know, we take everything for granted, mm-hmm. I feel like, and so I've really worked on being more grateful um, this semester, and I think my my overall happiness has just been uh, increased. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think that's that's very 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 uh, useful, helpful. I don't really know what word to use. Just right. yeah, I agree. It's definitely made me happier, um, and you know, it helps with both the little things and the big things because mm-hmm. uh, you don't you don't realize that your Wi-Fi is working until it's not working. Yes. You put a hole in the wall. <laughs> uh, so it's great to, to you know try and find all those little things and be thankful for them. Another funny example is uh, you you forget what it feels like to have you know a clear nose until you're sick and your nose is stuffed oh, up. Oh, dude! And you yes. think like, oh man, it'd be, I can't imagine what it would feel like to have like a clear like breathing right now. Yeah. Um, but it also applies to big things. Um, not to get too deep or cynical or anything, but. You know, <laughs> You might not get to tell someone you love them tomorrow. Um, no. You might not be able to thank them. You might not be able to apologize or, you know, make up for whatever. Some petty argument. Yeah. Um, and it, it helps you put things in perspective um, to not worry about little things, care more about big things. No, I agree. Um, yeah, and just, you know, let the, let the petty stuff go. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if a lot of times I think to myself, in two weeks or a month, am I going to still be mad about this and remember it? And if the answer is no, then I probably shouldn't be mad about it now because it'll be over with. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a great point you make. Mm-hmm. And then with that, the last last idea of for implementing more positive self-talk that we came up with was for those who are religious or have some sort of faith uh, – or for those who don't, you can write scriptures that you like or just positive quotes or, and put them up around you mm-hmm. that you'll see on a daily basis. So yeah. I know that in our room, I have a quote that I wrote and put it in the top left corner of 
my mirror. Then I have a I have my whiteboard hanging on fr- in the front of my bed. Has a quote on that. And then I have two more just quotes that I have posted in my desk area and and on my shelves. Um, and so you know when I'm having a bad day, I walk into the room and I have them in a space so such that I have them positioned such that when I walk in, it's like the first thing I see. You know, mm-hmm. so. I'm having a bad day, you know, I didn't do so well on a homework assignment or an exam or I have a lot coming up the next week and I'm stressed out and I see that quote or I read it on the mirror and it just, and then I'm starting the day um, and it sort of, you know, it gives me the little boost of energy that I need and I think um, people might laugh at it or say it's stupid or that it doesn't work because mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely had a lot of that. I've had a lot of uh, people tell me that um, or laugh at it, but it... It's it certainly has made a difference in my life, and so I think for anybody trying to boost their mood or um, you know just have more positivity in their life, that's a great way to go about doing it. Yeah, I definitely agree because um, you know as humans, we're products of our environment, mm-hmm. um, and kind of going back to uh, last week's episode and how we talked about the subconscious, um, you know when you see something written on your wall or your mirror every day, mm-hmm. um, it, it becomes, you know, ingrained in your head, yes. um, whether you like it or not. And it becomes part of your subconscious and whether or not you notice it will affect your actions. Um, and you know, that's something, uh, that I've seen a lot in sports that a lot of the best teams have, uh, I guess like phrases up on their like their weight room and locker room yeah. walls. Um, so we have some like, too, don't we? In the, in the football locker room, mm-hmm. things like you know start fast, fast finish strong. Mm-hmm. Just little things that like you know they're up there and you probably don't pay attention to it. You know it's one of those things you take for granted, but but in that moment when you need it most and you see it, mm-hmm. and also when you do see it and you don't think about it, it's still your your brain is still seeing it, um, and you know processing it. So, um, I, I definitely think that's a great way to, to, you know, improve. Yeah. So with negative self-talk, usually it's a bad, mm-hmm. it has a bad reputation, but you have some ideas about how it can be positive. So would you like to share mm-hmm. those with us? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed in my life is that, um, uh, I'm very negative when I talk to myself. Um, and I know a lot of people probably think that that's bad. Um, but I think if you do it in the right way, um, it's definitely, it can definitely be very beneficial. Okay, awesome. Um, so I guess um, two main points I, I want to think about and talk about uh, when it comes to negative self-talk. Um, is that one great example is that some of the greatest athletes of all time, um, when things got real and people t- started talking smack, mm-hmm. those athletes rise up to a new level. Um, and you know, you wonder why. Um, and a lot of times what it takes is people telling you you can't do something yeah. to encourage you to do it. <laughs> and so if you think about that, when you talk to yourself, a lot of times if you tell yourself, um, 
Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how I should put this uh, so that it comes across the right way. You shouldn't tell yourself you can't do something, but a lot of times if you're negative in your own mind, uh, it can encourage you to like prove yourself wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously there's a very, very, very thin line uh, that comes yes. with that because that could be very dangerous. You have to know yourself. Yeah, you have to know yourself. You have to you know be smart about it. Um, so that's one reason um, why I think negative self talk can be good. I I don't think I would encourage people necessarily to try and start doing that um, because obviously it can hurt you and make you go backwards. But uh, but toy around with it maybe once you get positive self talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just just uh, one way to think about negative self talk so that. Um, when you hear people talk about it, you don't automatically think that's bad um, because it, it can actually help you if you channel it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, if I can come mm-hmm. in. Um, so you mentioned how these great athletes, probably Olympians uh, particularly, you know, they're told that they can't do something, mm-hmm. and so then they keep telling themselves that. I, I, uh, that is a very, at least for my in my life, that's been a very powerful. I guess method and motivation, if mm-hmm. if you would call it that. Um, you know, like in school, when people were like, "Oh, like you'll never get this grade," or or you know, with running, like, "Oh, like you'll never be able to run a like a sub five minute mile or something." Like that. When I hear those words, it's just like, okay, like game on. Like, mm-hmm. so I I don't know if when people tell me that, like I I don't. E- Use neg- like, I don't talk to myself negatively about it, but like, I'll take somebody's negative mm-hmm. you words feed off me, it. and then you feed off it as energy. And I think it, I mean, hopefully those uh, end up working out. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another example, um, more on other people talking negatively mm-hmm. versus you talking yourself negatively. Um, one thing that, that I've noticed has been helpful to me um, is just that, that desire to prove people wrong. Uh, two specific examples from my life. Um, the first time I tried to dunk a full-size basketball. Ooh. Um, I've been trying for a long time now. I finally, finally got it down. Hey, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you should throw that out there for all of our listeners. Um, Next to LeBron James. Yeah, in case any NBA coaches are listening, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm here. Um, but the first time I, I did it, the day I first did it, um, I was trying, and our friend, I won't say anything, uh, said, bro, you'll never be calling if you can't do it. And the first thought that popped into mind was, my mind was, F you, I'm doing it today. Like, I'm, I'm doing this today. Like, you just said that? Like, really? Uh, eventually, by the, t- the end of the time we were done playing, uh, I was able to get it. Oh, man. Um, that's, that's fast results. Yeah. And, um, you know, another example of that is... Um, uh, we kind of had a psycho coach in high school. Uh, I, I won't say what sport it was for. Um, I think but, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. he um, he would just like he would just run us and like close the windows in the weight room just to make it hot. Like he would just he would just mess with us. Um, just you know, I guess to test us. Um, and what I would think to myself, what helped me get through that. Was thinking to myself like screw you I can do this all day mm-hmm. um, and you know it helped me not just survive those workouts and those punishments but help me thrive yeah um, so I'd run faster like just just to show them up 
um, just to show them like, like you can't touch me, like I'm better. Nice. Than yeah. Um, you know, I think that's something people can definitely use um, to to you know, excel in life is to not let other people's instead of letting other people's words bring you down, but use those haters, criticisms, and you know, negative talk to as like a stepping stool to grow yeah. your success. Because um, a lot of times you can't achieve things without those. Like mm-hmm. All you heard is positive talk all the time. You'd never reach new levels. Yeah. Um, and so my, my second point with, uh, with why negative self-talk can be so beneficial, um, like I just said, is that sometimes it's a necessity. Um, a lot of times in life, you have to be mad at yourself in order to make a change. Mm. Um, because the way I think of it, you think of your life, you're in one of two states at all times. You're either complacent or you're unsatisfied. And with being unsatisfied come feelings of stress, frustration, sadness, being upset, all these things that have negative connotations. But if we're not unsatisfied and we're complacent, we'll never change. So we have to be, we have to have a lack of satisfaction that comes with all these negative feelings to make change in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those negative feelings is anger. And when you're angry at yourself, you don't usually say nice things to yourself. Of course. Um, and sometimes that's what you need. Like, like what is your problem? Like, you, you're so dumb. Like, figure this out now. Like, stop being, stop being dumb. Stop being lazy. Like, figure it out now. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's not positive self-talk. No. In any way, shape, or form. It's negative. But... Sometimes it's what you need to, you know, get to a new level. Mm-hmm. And I, one thing that I can think of to, I guess, highlight this is one of our friends who plays football with you, I met mm-hmm. through church. He was, I guess the first weekend I went with him this semester, we were getting out of the car and we were sort of just, you know, getting to know each other and talking about, you know, I like running, he likes just exercise in general, um, big into CrossFit, and he was talking about the football team and how, you know, he's seen a lot of starters lose their lose their starting spot because they become complacent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once they get the starting spot, they just they're happy with it. And they they're don't work on the Yeah. And they whereas he was saying that you have to always be humble. Mm-hmm. You always have to, you know, be unsatisfied, so, you know, always continue, always work like you're the underdog because mm-hmm. if you always work like you're behind, even when you're ahead, you'll stay ahead and then you'll, you'll start to put more distance between yourself and those people who are chasing after you. Mm-hmm. There's always someone chomping at your heels ready to take what you worked for and surpass you. So you to protect that. Um, yeah. yeah, you have to protect what you work for. Mm-hmm. Um, another point I would like to make um, is... Um, touching on more of the positives of negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's very common for people to say, don't compare yourself to others. And my mm-hmm. response to that is, why not? Why not, if I'm out of shape, why should I not look at the guy with the six-pack and the 18-inch biceps and say, mm. I want to be like that. Like, why am I not like that? Um, because when we compare ourselves to others, uh, it usually is followed by negative self-talk. Yes. Why people uh, say not to compare yourself to others because yeah. they think negative self-talk is bad. Um, but the truth is that negative self-talk can 
negative self-talk is not always bad, so not comparing yourself to others mm-hmm. is can be good. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something people should look at. Okay. If they're telling themselves, I need to stop comparing myself to so-and-so, um, I think if so-and-so has what you want or is has attributes that you want, you need to compare yourself to him and you need to work until you become like him. Mm. Um, one one uh, example of that is a lot of uh, you know a lot of motivational speakers say you should never be the smartest in the room. You should always be the dumbest. Mm, yeah. Because um, that means everyone else is smarter than you, and you're learning from them. Um, if you're the dumbest in the room, you're comparing yourself to other people in the room, and you're trying to become more like them. Yeah. So eventually, you can be the maybe mm-hmm. the smartest person, and they look up to you. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think it's. It's very important to compare yourself to others because other people often have what we want or are, are like what we want to be like. So without comparing ourselves to them and saying, you know, wow, that guy, the girls all love him because he's in shape or that guy gets all the good grades because he studies so hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you need to compare yourself to that guy and compare your life to his life in order to say, wow, I don't like my life, I like mm-hmm. his, this is what I need to change in order to, you know, be more like him. Yeah. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. And I, so I agree with what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I have, I've certainly used that um, in my life to, like when I was, I guess, looking for motivation for, when I was really big into weightlifting, I would look at these people who were super ripped or you know, incredibly strong and be like, I want to be like them. Like, what do I have to do to get there? Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, however, um, and this is, this is a quote by Teddy Roosevelt that my dad has, I guess, sort of ingrained in me. Uh, he always tells me this and I, I guess now I live my life by this or I try to live in accord with this. Um, but comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think that what you're saying is it, it can help, um, but I think it depends on the person's situation. Mm-hmm. So, for example, because oh yeah, so for example, um, if you are 300 pounds or 350 pounds and you want to lose 150 pounds um, and you want to look like the ripped guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that. Comparing yourself to the ripped guy and saying, why am I so, like, why am I like this? You know, I need to lose weight. I need to look like him. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I think that can help, but maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm disqualifying what you're saying. But I think that you have to understand that, you know, everybody's, where everybody is, or, everybody's in a different spot in their life. Mm-hmm. Like, in whatever they're working for. Um, so that person who realizes they're overweight or obese and that they need to make change, yes, they'll look to that to the ripped bodybuilder and they'll say, "Ah, oh, what does it take to look like him?" But what they need to understand is that if they're just starting out, they aren't gonna they will not initially be able to, you know, in a month look like that the ripped mm-hmm. person. Uh, and so I think that I think it's just important to keep in mind that where you are in your journey is not necessarily where everybody else is in their journey. And so just because you aren't at a certain spot that somebody else has worked really hard for, that doesn't mean that you'll learn to get there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great that you brought that up. I think, uh, I think there's truth in both of what we're saying, so mm-hmm. uh, let me just try and tie this together. Okay. So, what you're saying is 100% correct. Um, if I'm 350 pounds and I'm comparing myself to the rip guy, it will only be detrimental because it will be discouraging to me that I'm not him. Mm-hmm. You need to compare yourself to someone who's close to you um, so that, you know, it's a reasonable goal. Yes. Um, so there's definitely, when you're comparing yourself to others, it's definitely within reason that um, you need to do that. Um, so it's great that you brought that up because that's a very important clarification. Because yeah. um, a lot of times you will just get discouraged, um, which is why it's often the joy. Um, also, another comment with that um, is that everything should be, everything in your life is good when it's in moderation. Yes. Um, all good things, if you have them all the time, become bad. Um, so everything you have in your life should always be in moderation. Um, so when you're comparing yourself to others, um, it's not that you're comparing yourself to others all the time. You, you always need to look back and look at the progress you've made and be proud of yourself and yes. not be complacent with where you're at, but be proud of your progress. Um, and that's also a very important clarification that you should not, if you're always comparing yourself to the guy who's one step ahead, mm-hmm. you'll never look back at your progress yes. and feel pride. And, you know, pride really is one of the main reasons that you continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's definitely important to clarify that mm-hmm. if you're going to compare yourself to others, it should be within moderation. And my third point is that um, if you think of it this way, whenever you want to change something in your life, you are comparing yourself to someone else. Okay. No matter what. If there is no one else like that, then you are comparing yourself to a future version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, whenever we try and change for the better, we are comparing ourselves to someone else. Yes. So whether or not it's your future self or a real person who you're comparing yourself to, I believe is arbitrary. I think um, a lot of people don't realize that they're comparing themselves to a future self. Um, and that's also a reason why a lot of people get discouraged is because they compare themselves to their perfect future self, which like mm-hmm. I said earlier, will discourage you because it's so far ahead. Um, whenever you want to achieve goals, it's best to do them in small steps, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's best to Again, compare yourself to people who are ahead of you in small steps that's still attainable. Um, so I think it's great that you said that because um, I think there's definitely truth in what both are saying. Yes. Um, and it's very important to clarify mm-hmm. um, because if you just go start comparing yourself to, uh, you know, the richest man in the world, the most in shape man in the world. The, yeah, you fastest know, man in the world. Yeah, you're, you're just going to be discouraged that you'll never be that. Mm-hmm. Um, take so one step at a time. Yeah, definitely important to take one step at a time. Um, you know, it's great to compare yourself to the richest guy in the world and aspire to be that. Um, but in real time, mm-hmm. every day, um, you should compare yourself to something attainable um, so that you can, you can keep accomplishing a goal, feeling pride, building on that pride, accomplishing another goal. Yes. Um, you know, snowballing that yeah. feeling of pride. And, Principle of small uh, wins. Yeah, exactly. Each small win leads to an incrementally bigger one. And then mm-hmm. after so many... There you are. You've reached your goals. On to the next one. you got to take advantage of that snowball. Exactly. Uh, so we've talked about ways that positive self-talk can be beneficial and how to – some ideas for implementing that. We've talked about some ideas 
of how negative self-talk, while it might be, it might have a bad reputation, it can be beneficial. Now it's time for a hot take, and that is that self-talk and visualization are crap. Wow. <laughs> and are they are they BS? Should we say they're BS? Yes, they're BS. Okay, then cut the BS. From cut, the yeah, I I will. So, um, this is from David Goggins, who we talked about last week. Um, but allow me to qualify, and he he, he qualifies. This is his idea, but I. I definitely side with it um, and agree. So he says that self-talk doesn't work until the suffering. And so an example is if you wake up one day and you haven't run very long distances ever before and you tell yourself, I'm gonna run a marathon today. So you go out and you start running. And chances are for the average person in this country, you're gonna fail because mm-hmm. you've never run before. You say you're gonna go around 26.2 miles without any training. People who do train for those fail sometimes. So the chances of a person without any running experience, very high likelihood that they will fail. And compare that to the person who has, you know, practiced running a marathon before and they wake up and, you know, 3.30 in the morning, ready to go run their marathon. But they don't want to, uh, you know, they'd rather go back to bed, you know, they didn't get much sleep last night, they, they're hungry, they're, they just want to do other things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference between these two people is that the second person... They've done it before. They've gone through the suffering. And if you've done something before and you need to do it again at a later date, you know, the self-talk there, it can help. It'll be beneficial. You know, when I when I go to run 10 miles, I don't know, next weekend or the weekend after that, I've done it before. All right, I want to do it in the moment, but because I've been through the pain and the suffering, or even, you know, during the run when I'm thinking, you know, there are other things to do right now, I could be sitting on the couch watching basketball with the boys, or I could be, you know, eating a recovery meal, or I could be taking a cold shower. I could be doing so many other things, but instead, no, I'm running. And I might want to give up, but I've done it before. You know, I've, mm-hmm. the pain and the suffering have occurred. And if I've done it before, why can't I do it again? Um, you know, and I think that that is something that when I first heard it, it it was kind of profound to me because I never thought of it in that way. Like, I never thought, oh, like I've done this before, I, I can do it again. You know, sometimes like you know, in past situations, even if I've done something before, um, and I was in the process of doing it, and I, but I didn't want to be doing it, I would just stop and it'd be like, yeah, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it before, um, but I don't need to do it this time. So I I guess, I guess really like that. Do you have any opinions on? That. Yeah, could you, could you read his quote again for me? Yes. Uh, his quote is, self-talk and visualization are crap. Self-talk doesn't work until the suffering. You have to go back to months and year, to the months and years of preparation for this moment. It doesn't work unless it is real. And a little after that he says, you know, when, you're, when you're asking yourself these questions, if you can't answer your questions, your mind is going to quit and you will lose the fight. 
you must go back to the months and years of preparation. Okay, so I agree with him with one little modification. Okay, let's when hear he it. He says self-talk um, does not work until the suffering. I think self-talk is most critical during the suffering because okay. like you said, it builds confidence and it builds discipline. Mm -hmm. That The discipline in the sense that I've, uh, I've done this before, I'm gonna keep doing it. Confidence saying this isn't hard or shouldn't be hard because I've already done it. So I know I, know I can finish no matter how hard it may seem. Um, but I think self-talk also works when you become complacent. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's also very critical when you become complacent because complacency implies that you are not suffering, that you are you are satisfied with your environment. Mm -hmm. If you're suffering, you're not satisfied with your environment, you're trying to change your environment. Okay. So I think when you become complacent, um, self-talk is necessary to get you out of that stagnated phase of your life um, because you need to tell yourself, you know, this is not good enough. This is not good enough. I need improvement mm -hmm. here. Yes. Um, and without that self-talk, um, you, you're not going to be able to get out of that, that phase of, uh, you know, like ceased growth. Um, mm -hmm. so I think I agree that a lot of times it is crap. Um, a lot of times what you're saying to yourself, uh, you know, is, is BS and it's not going to help you. Um, if something bad happened and you're justifying it in your head, like, oh, it's okay, like, blah, 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 a lot of times it doesn't help you. Or if something good, or if something bad happens and you're telling yourself, you know, you're the worst, catastrophizing it, that's also bad. Um, and that's also crap. Um, but I think it is important to know that self-talk does work when you become complacent um, because it has to work. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you would, you would never change. Yes. I, I, I echo that too. I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I think it's especially benefit. I think that was a good way to, a good thing to attack one at the very end, you know, sort of to, she had both sides and then have something that's completely different. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just something that I always keep in mind when I'm running because I might not want to be doing it, but I've done it before, so why can't I do it now? Time's gonna pass anyway, so. Yeah. Um, so last week we gave you all a little challenge for the week, uh, and so this week we want to do the same. Um, and so, like last week was to you know do something at the beginning of the day, or Matt you know did something during classes. Um, this week, what we challenge you all to do is find some ways to work on implementing or improving positive self-talk or maybe if you need a negative self-talk uh, and so just to reiterate some ideas um, you know be more intentional about noticing the things in life that you take for granted uh, so basically just be more grateful you can start a gratitude journal um, another thing is look at things from a different perspective excuse me uh, or even writing scriptures or quotes on the wall slash mirror for you to see every day uh, and I certainly have ideas of what I'm going to do, and I'll be excited to share those with you all next week. Awesome. I think that's a, that's a great thing to leave uh, our listeners with. Um, so I'll thank you guys all for listening to our show. We 
Hunter and I both hope you enjoyed it and that you're able to gain something from it. Again, please feel free to reach out to us. Tell us what we said that you thought was stupid, what we said you thought was brilliant. Um, we, we accept all feedback. We want to hear Positive, negative. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. And hopefully we catch you next week. And until then, remember to cut the BS every day.